This is the Iowa State Athletics SciCast. The SciCast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors, which have the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's SciCast is a visit with Eric Heft and Ben Bruns as we look ahead to the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, the 50th Fiesta Bowl game pitting Iowa State and Oregon. We hope you'll enjoy this visit, and we certainly hope you'll enjoy a great Cyclone Bowl experience. Well, we definitely wanted to get the perspective of Eric Heft and Ben Bruns as we get ready for this great trip out to uh, Glendale, Arizona, and the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. And as always, our SciCast is presented by Authentic Brand, more than just your official source for Cyclone gear. With an amazing team of designers, Authentic Brand can custom manufacture polo shirts, jackets, caps, bags, and beyond for your team or small business. Check them out online at authentic-brand.com. Look authentic, feel authentic, be authentic. Well, guys, it was 20 years ago that Iowa State won the Inside Todd Combo to get its first bowl victory in school history. And and think about the perspective of how far this thing has come from, from that great accomplishment of that team, Ben, which you were a part of, to where we are today. Really, really cool period of history in Iowa State football. Yeah, I remember seeing the, the teams that had been selected to play in the Fiesta Bowl a few days after after ours and thinking, I, I felt like we could play with those guys, but I also remember thinking it's been such a long road to get here and how do we finish this thing with a win and do something really special and 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 we did you know and and uh this time of year gets you thinking about rings it, it certainly got the uh Oregon players thinking about rings you know they, they played six games and and got a ring and uh and one of the players was more excited to get a ps5 than his ring so you know I just I I think if it all stacks up the way I think it does, the the team that's hungriest is the Cyclones coming into this thing, and that really counts in bowl games. It, it does. Well, I, I couldn't agree more, and, and I hope Iowa State is the team that wants to be there more. I'm relatively confident that Iowa State wants to be there. I mean, actually, I'm 100% confident of that. Oregon, on the other hand, you know, they haven't had to play as many games. Uh, I don't know how much they're looking forward to this. I don't know how much they truly respect Iowa State as a program. But, you know, one thing I know when I watch Oregon play, they got a lot of athletes. They got a lot of good players, a lot of young players, you know. But will they be totally dialed in? We've seen bowl games already this season where one team maybe not totally dialed in or had opt-outs or whatever. And the team that wanted to be there has been the dominant team, really, in just about every, every one of those wins. Ben, how are bowl games different than the rest of the games on your schedule? Well, I think it, I think it's really evolved over time, John, you know, when uh, 20 years ago, there was a huge break between uh, our last game. I mean, we were off for more than a month before we played that last game. And, and, you know, now it's just two weeks for these guys and, or kind of long two weeks. And, and it's certainly something that they've experienced inside this season already. And so, a, you play more games now than you did back then. And in this season, you know, it will be essentially equivalent by the time it's all said and done. But there should have been two more games for Iowa State on the schedule than what they were able to play. So you're playing a lot more games. You're playing with more frequency. There's less of a gap. And I think that's why you've seen less kind of crazy swings in these bowl games. You know, in, in years past where there was a larger period of time where people were off, 
you'd see one team go out and dominate a half and another team come out and, and dominate the other half and, and end up winning. You just don't see that this year because the season has uh, extended so deep into the into the year. And I think this trip, you know, a, a bowl game is meant to be uh, a reward for everybody involved and also an opportunity to show how the conferences uh, stack up against each other. Uh, I think in that respect, Iowa State and the Big 12 have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about how the conferences stack up, especially given how the preseason went. And I think, you know, not having a huge delay means that teams that do take care of their business and, and want to get after it don't have that chance of being out of rhythm like they would. And and I think we talked about, you know, how, how Brock Purdy plays really affects how Iowa State plays. And I think he's going to have a great game back in his hometown and, and uh, you know, playing in a huge stage uh, and certainly uh, probably having a couple moments that he wishes he could have back, even though I think he played, um, by and large, a, a pretty brilliant game in the uh, Big 12 championship. Yeah, I had a couple of, you know, ill-advised throws, but he also was the guy that made uh, gave Iowa State a chance to be in that game with some terrific plays, uh, escaping pressure. And I think that's going to be a big thing come Saturday too is his ability to extend plays make plays downfield because Oregon's got some guys can really get after the quarterback uh, and we don't know about Iowa State so, um, I don't know if Jake Ramsberg's going to play so that puts uh, Ramos back in there of course he's playing at home too right. be, being a Phoenix native but I, but I just think you know we kind of take Brees Hall for granted is that possible <laughs> I mean he's a first team All-American sixth in the Heisman but we kind of assume he's going to be he's going to be the guy that they focus on. He's still going to deliver a lot of big plays, chain moving plays, potentially some big plays, you know. But the difference maker is what Brock can do, you know, outside the pocket or even inside the pocket with the variety of weapons that he has. And you know, one of the matchups I really like in this game, you know, and I've liked it, you know, for a long time, is the tight end matchup. I think they're going to have a hard time. Uh, dealing, you know, with those uh, tight ends, Kohler, Saner, and Chase Allen. I, th- I think Iowa State has a real advantage there. But, you know, once again, Brock's got to be able to stay upright and have enough time to make those kind of plays. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State athletics on the field. You touched on something there with the tight end play, and I think – probably as a direct result of that, but but also the kind of year that Brock Purdy's had, the kind of year that Brees Hall's had, the development of that offensive line. I think this has been the most unpredictable offense that Tom Manning's been able to put on the field, where in a given day, he could say, I'm going to take what the defense gives me, and it looks like they're giving me the tight end passing game, or Xavier Hutchinson's my guy today, or Brees Hall's my guy today, or whatever the case may be. He's got more options than he's had in the past, and I think it's really made it hard for defenses to know what's coming with Iowa State's offense this year. I couldn't agree more about Tom Manning having a terrific year as a play caller. you know. But taking it a step further, it's the decisions that Brock is making when he's out there, what he sees pre-snap and his ability to change plays and go to the right option. But Tom and staff have put Brock in a great, great position so many times. And then Brock's been able – to deliver the goods. Well, we've seen Sean Shaw uh, play more and more of a role as the season went on, and and that was one of the areas that Iowa State 
you know, think about uh, earlier in the season was really struggling was any way to take the lid off of a defense. And between he and Skates playing a little bit more and, and Hutchinson playing so well, now all of a sudden Iowa State has threats all over the field, uh, even with, you know, 13 personnel on the field. And, uh, you know, I think they've done some really good things with the uh, bootleg game as well which, you know, isn't something we've seen from Iowa State in the past. More, um, you know, more play action where we're moving the pocket because of the run threat and the wide stretch type plays that Brees can hit on you just has has opened everything up. And, you know, those younger guys being able to catch the ball down the field really complements everything else that's going on. You guys touched a little bit on just the – mental aspect of a bowl game and and being mentally ready and being the team that really wants to be there. And I think about this Iowa State team, unlike Oregon, you know, Iowa State's played a lot of games. It's been a really long season. That's, you know, it just feels like it's been, you know, by week, by week, by week and stretched out, you know, and it has over basically an eight month period, essentially. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Years and years. It feels like it. Yeah. But I guess what I want to ask you about is just for these players, maybe just the pure joy of knowing that they've done it, you know, and they've made it to the finish line here. Now they can just relax and go play because they've done the hard part. They've done the antigen tests and the PCR tests and all this stuff that they had to go through and the discipline and all this stuff that they've done. They've made it to this stage and now it's just, hey, let's go one more time as brothers, relax, go play a great football game. I think that's really an important thing mentally for Iowa State in this game. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I just think, you know, this thing has been so taxing. None of us will ever really know how how hard this has been. You know, only the players and coaches and families will, will really know that. But there's something about your last game as a, as a team. And there's something about, you know, the season is stressful anyway, right? It just... It always is. And and the last game brings with it a sense of relief and renewal on the backside that you've gotten to where you, you could get to. As a player and a coach uh, for, for a number of years, I always just wanted to win the last game, right? Like the, you get to, you get, you do everything you can to put yourself in position to, to be there. And then whatever there is, just win that last one, right? And that meant a state championship in high school. It meant a bowl championship in college. It meant uh, state titles as a coach. And, you know, it means a bowl title and tremendous respect for Iowa State in this setting. And it means a ring. And, it, and, and you know, that's this is a big deal, guys. I mean, you know, 10th mm-hmm. in the country, a chance to win the Fiesta Bowl, beat the Oregon Ducks, which I think is a great matchup for Iowa State based on the kind of defense that Iowa State plays. You win this last one, you cap the best season in school history, and you've got room to grow for next year, right? I mean, what an incredible position to be in. I couldn't agree uh, more. It is a, a big game, but I, I think it's a, actually think it's a huge game for Iowa State in terms of national respect. If Iowa State doesn't win this game, say, well, Oregon, I mean, they were second in their division, you know and somehow won the big uh, Pac-12 championship game, this game means more to Iowa State. And I think the effort will be there. You say, well, they can be relaxed. I don't know how relaxed they're going to be. I mean, I I mean that in terms of, hey, they know they have to go out and execute. They have to – I mean, there's – there's no relaxing for this football team, I, I think. And I don't think Coach Campbell and staff will let them do that uh, in terms of, sure, I think that maybe let it rip. Maybe we're splitting hairs over what you're saying. 
but I just think Iowa State needs to win, find a way to win this football game. It doesn't matter how beautiful or, or however you can scrape it out, find a way to compete and win this game. Uh, and, and then I think you have put another uh, validation stamp on this Iowa State football program and what it has become. You lose it, and you lose a little bit of that. Still, you had a great year, but you lose a little bit of that validation that I think this team uh, rightly deserves. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when it's supported by Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones John Deere dealer of choice. Let's talk about Oregon. You guys touched on it a little bit, but elite speed and athleticism, I mean, they are getting the four- and five-star guys, I guess. Does it remind you a little bit, guys, of Oklahoma in that regard? Maybe a little bit. I I, I guess when I watch uh, Tyler Shuck, the quarterback, play, I mean, 6'5", 220 pounds, and he's had some good games on the ground. When I watch him run, he's not a guy that's going to make you miss. He's able to take what's there because they've been able to establish either C.J. Verdell, running back, or Travis Dye. But I don't see an elusive guy. He's going to run the football maybe a little more than Spencer Rattler. But on the other hand, Rattler, I think, can make you miss a lot more. And I think Iowa State can get pressure on Tyler Shook. It's going to be one of the big things of this game, affect him. You know, don't let him get too comfortable back there. But they do have some really good speed on the outside. Travis Dye running back, uh, man, he is a great threat. I think that's one of the matchups Iowa State is going to have to be very careful of is Travis Dye catching the ball out of the backfield because he's been explosive in that area. But their offensive line is solid. The wide receivers have some speed. You know, and their team is used to tight end, too. They've got, I think, uh, what, six six or seven touchdown catches by the tight ends this this season, you know, in six games. So that's a weapon, too, and not quite like Iowa State has, but still they I think they're solid there. I, I think Iowa State's defense is the best that Oregon will have seen all year, and, and I think it will absolutely surprise them after the first series or two about how they get off the field. And, you know, that's been something that uh, has been a real evolution for Iowa State this year is their ability to get off the field on third down and, they did it a bunch uh, against OU, enough to win. I think the question mark that still remains for Iowa State is what happens in, in the special teams game, you know, where you, if you can't get it to the end zone, you're giving people the ball all the time with a short field. And, and you know, that problem hasn't been solved in this uh, two-week break. And, and really it was the problem that undid Iowa State and cost them a, a Big 12 championship. So – you know, I, I think that aspect of the game, this defense is really, really good, and they're going to have to be because, yet again, they're going to be positioned potentially poorly. But I also think that Iowa State's offense, you know, it isn't playing Oklahoma's defense. I think OU's defense True. in their current state is so good that, uh, you know, you hear Kirk Herbstreit talk about it, and they don't spend a lot of time talking about it because it doesn't fit the narrative that, that the national media wants around uh, around the conferences, but you know, you don't want to play Oklahoma right now. Uh, that defense was absolutely lights out in the championship game and, uh, you know, really forced Brock into uh, some hard choices at times. And, and Iowa mm-hmm. State still played well enough offensively to win. I, I, I felt it, it was the special teams aspect. And uh, there's dangerous kick returners out there for Oregon. Uh, no question. You know, Michael Wright had a couple of kick returns for touchdowns a year ago. The thing, when I look at Oregon's defense, I see some elite players at all three levels. Now, everybody's not elite, you know, but Kevin Thibodeau is, is, is kind of like a, a, a Joseph Osai, if you will. 6'5", 250, uh, great speed. Uh, he can certainly affect 
Iowa State's ability to protect Brock. Noah Sewell, a true freshman Mike linebacker, is a stud, and he can he can go from sideline to sideline. A terrific athlete, and both their corners are really good. But I when I see them, I just think uh, the safeties and the other linebackers are are maybe the liabilities that Iowa State will be able to take advantage of in large part with those tight ends that I mentioned earlier. Gear up for your next Cyclone game with Authentic Brand, a great Iowa company headquartered less than an hour from Ames in Perry, Iowa, making Cyclone apparel for men, women, and kids. It's the apparel I wear on game day. Find it at local retailers or order online at authentic-brand.com. Authentic Brand. Look authentic. Feel authentic. Be authentic. Something that I think will be critical on Saturday for Iowa State defensively is open field tackling. Oregon has a lot of guys that can make plays in space. Iowa State's going to have to try to take away some of that space and then really do a great job with open field tackling. And I feel like that has absolutely been a strength of Cyclone football defensively under John Haycock. But I think especially this year's team has been very, very good at open field tackling. Yeah, and one of the one of the best uh, got thrown out of the game on the second play last time around. So, you know, I, I think we can't understate how big of a play that was in, in that ball game. And But you're right. You think about Mike Rose as an All-American. Um, he's an All-American because he does so many things well, but in part because he tackles extraordinarily well. The rest of this defense has done it all season long, too. Yeah, and Jake Hummel, too. I think the corners, uh, the corners' ability to tackle in space – has been huge uh, as well uh, as they try to run the wide receiver screens or just a guy setting the edge out there right. and able to to make the play. I think that's been absolutely huge. You know, you wonder if you're concerned about anything. It's kind of like the start of the season. You know, Iowa State's played one game in the last month, and how sharp is your tackling going to be? We've seen that early season games. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but that's something maybe to keep an eye on. Uh, just to see how sharp Iowa State is in terms of their, their tackling in space because I'm sure they haven't done a lot of hitting in the last month. Cyclones are going to wear the uh, black uniforms again, and uh, I think for most of us that's just fine, but there is certainly a segment of fans that, that wish they would wear the Cardinal and Gold more. But, guys, look what Oregon did. You know, look what they did in creating a new identity for their football program. They, they don't wear the same uniform twice, basically. They change them up every week. But, you know, if you have an unbelievable tradition like a Penn State or a Michigan, you probably do want to leave it just the same. But for other schools that are trying to make their mark, I think it's great what, what Matt Campbell's done with the uniform combinations and, and how these guys love it. And that's the most important part. The players love yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's the point that I was headed toward with, with what you were talking about, John, is – you know, let the players decide what, what they want to wear out there, right? It's just cool, right? Being a player-centric culture means that you've got to be open to provide that opportunity for guys to do something they like to do. And what does it uh, hurt anybody to have a little extra juice when you put on uh, whatever uniform you want to wear, right? Coach Mack always picked the uniform combinations for us, and, and uh, it was always a curiosity. It was always kind of kind of fun. And, and every now and again, he'd let us vote on what we wanted to do, and when we, when we got that chance, we loved it. So, you know, I, I think it's all good. And, you know, we can proudly wear uh, any color we want as Cyclones these days, and, and we do. You know, I, I guess I, I'm that old guy. You know, I, I like the Cardinal and gold. But if, if it gives us uh, uh, any kind of uh, psychological advantage it's for our, our players to wear what they want to wear, you know, I'm all for it. I, I guess my only preference would be I wish they wanted to wear Cardinal and gold more. But, hey, it's been pretty good 
and they, they like it. So, so I'm all in with what they want. Guys, I want to wrap it up with this. For Brock Purdy, this is going to be a really special moment. He gets to go home and play. And you think back to Eric, when we were sitting in the office of Matt Campbell and he first told us about this recruit that they were after Brock Purdy and Taylor Mauser had ID'd him. <laughs> and man, what, what a pivotal moment in the history of Cyclone football when Brock Purdy pledged to become a Cyclone. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I guess, you know, some of the conversations we've been able to have with Matt over the years have been kind of the highlight of my football season, to be honest, just to get his insight and how he looks at things. But yeah, talking about, you know, Brock Purdy and you think, well, okay, he might be really good. Uh, but how he's been able, I mean, he's got what, 500, uh, school records now I, I don't, I don't <laughs> but but i mean you, you can't do that and we've had some really good players at that position over the years you know but brock just has has been able to thrive uh he's such a gamer and he's able to he's able to bring you back from behind he's able to do what's what needs to be done and the leadership that i think he provides he and, and other players as well I mean, those are reasons why Iowa State was able to play. This will be their 12th game uh, because of what they've been able to do, the leadership they've provided, and people following the, their lead to, to social distance, to, to be able to actually play the games. I mean, I don't think that could be understated too, but it just in general, man, what a career he's had and you know what, he's a junior. So I really like that too, that we'll have him at least for another year. I think part of it too is is the kind of offense that Iowa State runs, and it's hard when you play that position and so much runs through you to have rhythm and and you know be sharp in in the first couple weeks of the season, and especially this yeah, year. especially this year, right? And and so you know if you play uh, if you play a different style of football where you just grind it out all the time and it's all play action, everything that you throw and it's not so much a read position from that quarterback spot like other schools do. It's easier to win early in the year. It's easier to, uh, you know, to be solid and be competitive in bowl games early, but when you've had a big rest, but you know, Iowa state has chosen to play a style of football that puts the ball squarely in the quarterback's hands from the start to the finish. And as great as an opportunity as that is for for Brock Purdy, it means that you you live and die by what he does, and 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 how the guys that he's thrown it to catch it right, and uh, and how the guys up front keep him keep him clean in pass protection, or uh, you know getting that run game set up so that there are options where he can uh, carry the football, and you know how much better has Iowa State been when Brock Purdy has run the football with a little bit of intention throughout his career. And that's going to be another key focus on on Saturday is, you know, can can Iowa State run the football intentionally from the quarterback position that opens up everything else? And one more thing, too, you know, I, I think if you're an Iowa State a program that's not dragging in the five stars or even the, generally speaking, the four stars, if you want to be elite, you have to have an offense with a quarterback who has elite ability. There's just no getting around it. I mean, it's the most important position. Yep. Michael Bishop, uh, but, right? Way back to K-State becoming good. Where did they do it? They did it up front in the offensive line, and they did it with a quarterback. Right. And I just think that when you have a quarterback who can who can make decisions and make plays, it's Iowa State's, I mean, it's by far their best and most important recipe, at least offensively, 
to be uh, big time on the national scale. It is the first New Year's Six Bowl game in Iowa State history. The PlayStation Fiesta Bowl kicks off at 3 o'clock Iowa time on Saturday. And our broadcast on the Cyclone Radio Network will begin at 1 o'clock Iowa time. And gentlemen, we'll see you in the warmth. Can't wait. I'm for it. No snow in Phoenix, is there? Just, just in the mountains. Not that baby. I know of. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Today's SciCast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn why Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are Iowa's clear first choice. Thanks for listening.